Welcome to another edition of The Angel Nest, where real angel investors and entrepreneurs gather to tell the stories of their great new businesses. I'm David Hemingway. I'm a five-time founder and now an active angel investor. And my mission here is to talk about how investors collaborate with startups to build great companies. We don't make or recommend investments here, but we do try to help entrepreneurs and angels find the right partnerships. Today, we're talking about a Massachusetts startup called Uberdocs. And no, it's no relation to that other Uber you may have heard of. Uberdocs is an online platform designed to make quality healthcare more directly accessible to patients by helping them get fast, convenient appointments with doctors in a growing list of specialty areas like psychiatry, orthopedics, and women's health. Patients pay directly for appointments, but that often means they can jump the line caused by insurance referrals. The other side of their business consults with physicians to help them adapt to digital innovation and take advantage of things like telemedicine, where physicians can often be licensed in multiple states. That will eventually make half of Uberdoc's income into monthly recurring revenue, and that's something that investors always like to see. Dr. Paula Mudo is a practicing surgeon, and she is founder of Uberdocs. Gary Goldman is also a doctor, and he is Uberdoc's first major investor outside of friends and family. He heads the Global Health Impact Fund. Paul and Gary, as investors, we're always looking for companies that really know their space. And so it seems promising that you are both highly accomplished medical professionals. Welcome to the Angel Nest. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Paula, first, I have to ask you why the name UberDoc? And are you tired of people asking you that question? <laughs> no, not at all. So, um, so I remember uh, thinking about how when I when I first thought of the idea of UberDoc, um, I was reading an article in the New York Times about how uh, a woman who twists her ankle in New York City and she and they can't find, she goes to her emergency room and then to her primary and then dutifully referred out of state uh, to the uh, referring orthopedic in Stanford, Connecticut, which she obviously can't get to. So she basically Googled orthopedic surgeons in a two-block radius, found like 40 of them, went to one, paid cash, and said, why can't it be this way? So when you think about it, everything in our life is digitized. Everything is a simple click of the mouse. Access to services is so simple, but and it's, sim and it's also transparent. Why can't it be this way? So we use the word Uber doc because we're not just a regular doc. We're Uber doc. We're, we're, we're the top specialists in our field. We're people with a lot of experience. For people who have um, uh, who have been doing the same thing for a long time, uh, who have a lot of training and expertise, because we're specialists, and that's why we chose the name UberDoc because we wanted to show that we are ahead and above everyone else, and that that's where we are floating above and universally available. And you own the trademark on UberDoc, is that right? The, 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 the trademark is UberDoc. We have nothing to do with transportation. Uh, we, again, use the word for universal and above everyone else, and it has served us well over the last few years. I'm wondering how many people are willing to pay out of pocket for their appointments. Do you really think you can make the direct pay model work on a large enough scale? So, so the direct-to-consumer marketplace has been expanding rapidly over the last decade. Um, it is, uh, we all have insurance, we pay a monthly fee, and we notice now when you go to the doctor, you have another, you have to pay extra. So there's high deductibles, there's co-pays, there's a, a lot assorted other, um, other co-payments that are made now when you go to, for any service. When you go into a walk-in clinic, for example, it's, it's immediately $250 off of your deductible. If you go into an emergency room, it's $750 to $1,000. And they, this price has gone up significantly. So patients are paying cash for care 
already. It's become a significant part of the marketplace, and it has come to everyone's attention because of the word surprise bills. Right now, it used to be, oh, my insurance covered that. Now, all of a sudden, your insurance is covering less and less, and you're getting these bills, and you don't know what these bills are about. So, um, so the, in, in, the consumer has been part of the medical system for quite a long time. Um, it's, they've been largely ignored because they haven't been stakeholders. Um, employers and so forth have done most of the negotiations. But in point of fact, over the last few years, it's become more and more apparent that patients are paying directly for care. So the cost of the actual care might exceed now, uh, might be actually less than the cost of buying insurance. Um, and that's where our direct pay marketplace is coming from. And it's a sizable marketplace. Gary Goldman, thank you again for joining us from California today. Uh, you and your investors in the Global Health Impact Fund invest exclusively in healthcare. So why do you think UberDoc is a winner? Well, for, first and foremost, we, we try to identify companies that are driven by clinicians, uh, especially in the telemedicine space. So when Paula and I met, which was uh, in, in, in the South Bay Conference run by a very big telemedicine organization, um, it became quite apparent that um, clearly we're not going to eliminate insurers in the short term. But the goal is, is that, um, and I see the future of healthcare evolving into a connection between patients and providers and employers. Um, and many employers are self-insured. Uh, many patients are paying huge deductibles with their in insurance companies because they have, um, you know, those kind of plans. And it ends up being a very complicated system and, and, and very difficult for them to engage in care. So a system that allows patients to then directly connect with their providers in a way where they can, they can either use a private pay model or a self-insured model through their employers is a more efficient system. So instead of meeting in our studio in New York today, we're all meeting on WebEx. Uh, and that's, of course, because of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, which is a tragedy for so many people and for so many parts of our economy. Uh, is it a pothole or is it an opportunity for UberDoc? Well, no, actually, it catapulted us <laughs> forward <laughs> because we have a telemedicine model. And unlike many models, uh, with UberDoc, the doctor works for themselves. Um, I do virtual visits now, and I spend more time with my patient. Um, it's really kind of interesting. Obviously, I can't examine them completely, but the, 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 the relationship can be established very nicely uh, with all, without a lot, of, um, a lot of things in between. And that ultimately was what UberDoc was about, getting the patient into the doctor without the insurance regulation, without any obstacle. And now we can get them seamlessly into an examining room to get their care started. Um, and the efficiency of that is tremendous. And, and so I do believe that with, so with COVID, um, we were already adding a lot of doctors in early December, uh, from December into January of 2020, we were, had, we were adding doctors at a healthy clip. When we hit uh, March and into COVID, it became exponential. So now we have about 5,000 doctors enrolled. We have over 1,000 live on the site. We have more joining every day. And the doctors like our model because, again, with UberDoc, they're going to make $200 for a telemedicine visit that they could find on UberDoc. Um, some of the other platforms out there are paying doctors as little as $20 for a visit, which is clearly not an economic model a doctor can sustain. So um, COVID is a, terrible, it's a terrible pandemic, but 
I'm reminded that, you know, we, we created our entire current healthcare system after World War II um, in, in reaction to a, a major world event. I think that we can reinvent our next healthcare system after in reaction to another world event. There are now 40 million people that are unemployed, and many of those people are not going to go back to work in the same environment. There are many that are going to be working for themselves uh, that might not have an employer. They might be self-employed. Uh, they may be working from home. And this economy is going to shift uh, toward those, uh, away from W-2s and toward those 1099s. Those patients and those consumers will probably be accessing high deductible plans. We like to think UberDoc is a wonderful solution for those, uh, the, those individuals because of our transparent price. Um, and, um, and in this case, the digital um, healthcare is going to provide such an efficient and low cost solution um, that, that it can take those walls down between patients and doctors um, and provide much more seamless care. Um, and, and that's the exciting part about UberDoc. Gary, let's talk about how you've assembled your fund and how your group evaluates investments. You know, so many angel groups, of course, uh, consist of professional investors trying to evaluate companies where they have limited domain expertise. And it sounds like your group is doing exactly the opposite. You're only investing where you can draw on members with relevant experience. Is that right? That's completely accurate. And it's very interesting because, you know, we started out this fund as a small cap fund. Again, you know, we're not your typical fund that's going to like CalPERS and raising 20, 30 million dollars. We're going uh, investor by investor. And our model is uh, very different than the typical venture fund in that um, when we make investments, we actually target our investors based on some of the investments we make based on the needs that we have from a clinical due diligence perspective. Uh, we bring in the appropriate subject matter experts or KOLs to evaluate uh, those investments. And then, you know, from the clinician perspective, you're right. You know, there are angel investors and there are syndicated investment models. There's crowdfunding. And those are all great to democratize the process of investing. But the downside of it is that those individuals, you're right, even family home offices, they don't they lack the expertise to make those kind of decisions in healthcare. And healthcare, as we all know, is not an easy vertical to invest in because unless you have a good handle on the clinical side of it, it's very easy to make a very bad investment with a lot of money. I mean, we have the Theranos model to prove that. Had they brought in 15 pathologists to look at that laboratory platform, it would have been nixed very early on. And, and the, the reality is, is that when you look at an Uber doc or when you look at any other investment started founded by a clin clinician, your success rate is about 20% if you look at the statistics. So it's a risky investment, whereas now if you as a clinician can put that same money into a fund where it does traditional due diligence, and then we add what we refer to as a, a, a two-tier due diligence system where we spend as much time on the clinical aspect of due diligence, diving into the platforms, diving into the devices, figuring out how they will integrate into a clinician and a patient's workflow on a day-to-day -day basis, then you're putting together a system where you're allowing your investors to take advantage of that and reduce their risk over the seven to 10 years of a venture fund. So um, it becomes a very enticing model for clinicians, and clinicians are clamoring to get involved. So, Paula, what's next for UberDocs? Tell us about the next six to nine months. 
So our, on the doctor side, we are integrating more and more specialty specific technology. We have conversations almost every day with companies that have everything from um, OR glasses that can connect a surgeon in the operating room to a, their colleague somewhere else if they're seeing something they don't understand, uh, to um, to giving giving it to a, a home health uh, nurse when they have to go in to do a home visit at a nursing home or in the point of care where the elderly person can't come into the office. So there's a lot of interesting technology. Um, we have again partnerships uh, uh, with the with the with the government is very interesting because we are um, a um, we are all, uh, we have halfway through to our getting our GSA. Uh, we will be the first telehealth vendor to have that. Uh, we're already approved vendor for the New England state, um, which is very exciting. And we're in the process of, of um, applying for the government grant for COVID um, telehealth. COVID-19 telehealth is $200 million earmarked uh, mostly for testing. Um, and, this, um, and they want doctors uh, via telemedicine to um, provide uh, prescriptions for testing and follow-up. Um, and some of the uh, the uh, there are a lot of companies out there who are you know want to again give the doctor like twenty dollars for it. In our model, we again we're trying to be very transparent and transactional to allow the doctors to have a have a better incentive and to have a better piece of that without so much of a middleman. So that's very exciting too because again the COVID telehealth uh, in marketplace is just growing. Um, we have some um, white label solutions with a couple of interesting organizations. One that does. Um, one that is uh, that is looking for uh, people to um, in the active duty uh, people who need to get back into the back onto into the helicopter uh, and, and back into the pilot seat. It takes a lot of um, effort and, and money to train these highly skilled military people, and when they have problems with their with the back or pain or or any other medical condition, it's really hard. You have to connect them immediately to the very best specialist, and they like our model a whole lot. Um, so, so we're in negotiations with them to provide a white label solution. And we also have people around the country. We have a rural group of, of doctors in Mississippi. They're our urgent care doctors. Um, they want to provide, they have, they've been doing telemedicine quite a while and they want a better solution to connect with some of their more rural people. Um, and, um, and they like our model again because it's just so user friendly and easy. Um, um, so, so we have a lot of excitement on the kind of, uh, in the, the on the doctor side, in terms of bringing them uh, access uh, to different technologies on these enterprise and government side, but the biggest thing that we are doing, um, which we're very excited about, is uh, is that we've engaged a firm in LA uh, to help us bring this to the patient. It, we have a thousand doctors now. It's time to let it loose on a bigger way. We've always done kind of um, targeted uh, pay, uh, paid search specialty-specific, geographic-specific um, that has been successful. In the last few months, patients have been at home. We are very excited about the future, um, you know, even in our nursing home population, be able to navigate the care for an elderly parent. Um, UberDoc is only $50 for Medicare patients, and uh, we uh, think that we have a really nice model um, between telemedicine and UberDoc to be able to bring specialty care into these nursing homes instead of having these poor patients have to be transported as they are now into the specialty offices. And obviously that's cost and it's now risk. So we are very excited about our bringing this to the patients. Um, and we of course are ongoing uh, with the technology that we bring to our doctors. And we're blessed in a little ways because again, our doctors are really supportive. They're very excited. 
Um, it doesn't cost them anything to become an Uber doc. We they do subscribe when they add telemedicine or technology to our platform. Um, so, uh, so we feel like we have removed a lot of obstacles and we can continue to grow our network exponentially. Dr. Paula Muto, founder and CEO of UberDocs, and Dr. Gary Goldman, founder of the Global Health Impact Fund. Thanks for joining us and best of luck building UberDocs. You can get in touch with Dr. Muto at uber-docs.com. You can also learn more at our website, theangelnest.com. And now for the disclaimer that we don't make or recommend investments at The Angel Nest. We do not independently verify and cannot be responsible for claims made by our guests or sponsors. You should always do your own homework before investing in any business, especially in private ventures. I'm David Hemingway. We produce The Angel Nest with help from David Newhoff. And when we're not on WebEx, The Angel Nest is recorded at the Art Deco Film Center in New York. Thanks for listening. Here's hoping my fellow angel investors and the founders they support find their next great venture. So long until next time.